Happy Wednesday, Razorback Nation. We are 10 days until Razorback football, Arkansas versus Cincinnati, September 3rd. That is not this Saturday. That is next Saturday, Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Um, It's going to be a huge game, guys. And everything that is happening right now is leading up to that. We're at the point now in press conferences where the question gets brought up to whoever is talking of, are you guys starting to get mentally ready? It's blank days away. Yesterday it was 11. Today it's going to be 10. How are you feeling? And I think, you know, as uh, as media members, we need to get prepared too. I started my season prediction story, and I'm looking ahead, and I don't know, guys. I, I don't want to put a number out there of how many games I think they're going to win, but it's more than I thought that they were going to win after looking at the schedule. So, uh, Mason Choate with you got Alex Schrader, Robert Stewart. We're the hogbeat.com crew, H A W G B E A T.com. We are the rival site covering the Arkansas Razorbacks, and you're listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast, a daily podcast covering Arkansas football. We're at practice every day, talking to players and coaches every day, and we're going to provide you with up to date information of your favorite football team. Um, so Tuesday's practice, not a whole lot happened. Um, during the media period, we did not spot Brady Latham. Um, I don't think there's any cause to be worried yet. Uh, so he's the starting left guard. Bo Limmer moved over to left guard, and Tykees Crawford moved up to the first the first team at right guard. And so that, I mean, if, if Brady Latham's out, I think we know what they're going to do there. Um, but I don't think there's any reason to worry. That's just, you know, one of the bigger takeaways because not much happened. Um, but Another big takeaway for me, and this is something that I want to talk about on this podcast, and I'll let you guys speak in a minute. Um, Hudson Clark had another pass breakup during the media period. We heard that he's had four interceptions during camp, but he had a nice pass breakup on Warren Thompson, who we've also heard is one of the most improved, if not the most improved Razorback on this roster from last year to this year. And so Hudson Clark is doing a really good job in camp. There's a lot of people who don't want to admit that he could be good. And so I just want to present the question, do we think Hudson Clark is going to be good this season? Robert, I'll let you answer first. I mean, that was the big thing we heard from the receivers we heard from yesterday, right? Um, Matt Landers, Warren Thompson, he's patient. He's very patient. He can stick with you. Um, you know, we, you and I talked about this yesterday too, Mason, right? Like if, if four interceptions over 14 days, like, Hey, that's that's a lot of time period for him to rack up those picks. But if if four interceptions uh, is is a sign of like poor quarterbacking, like I think the the conversation we need to be having is not is Hudson Clark actually good? Is it's KJ Jefferson bad? And people are not ready for that conversation. So uh, I think I think Hudson Clark might be good. Yes, I, I will go there because I will not go. The other route. I was about to say you presented that route, and I was hoping that you were just gonna say the words and then not go with it because then you become a really bad guy to a lot of people. I know. Um, well, if they take it out of context, I still might anyway. <laughs> yeah, I I might clip it and post it. So, um, Alex, what what do you think? Do you think Hudson Clark is actually good? I mean, from everything we're hearing at camp, it'd be hard to argue otherwise. I mean, you've got all the receivers praising him, all the coaches praising him. And 
at some point you have to, you know, you can look at what happened last year, but you can't use that as totality. Players get better. Players develop. And we're seeing all throughout camp that, that coaches, receivers, quarterbacks, other defensive backs, all are praising Hudson Clark as, you know, that, that guy at corner, not, he's not going to go shut down and be, you know, a first round draft pick, but in college, if you have a solid corner, that's able to, you know, take care of one side of the field, that's a huge thing. And whether, you know, you like it or not, I think any Razorback fan should be excited about that prospect rather than upset about, um, you know, the potential of it being a guy that they maybe didn't like last year or didn't expect to be that cover corner for the team. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on it. Like, how can you not expect somebody to be able to get better? That's that's how the game works is you improve from season to season. And I, I just asked that you t- look at it from a perspective of what if all this talk about that we're hearing from Hudson Clark being good in fall camp, what if all that talk was about A.J. Green at running back or uh, Keytron Jackson at wide receiver who are both doing good in fall camp, but – what if they were standing out so much and you continued to hear their name, you would probably be saying, well, these guys are going to be insane this season. They're going to be really good for Arkansas, really looking forward to them. But it's like Hudson Clark, we continue to hear that he's doing good. We continue to hear that he's the only starting cornerback right now that they're confident in that. Well, they're probably confident in other guys, but the only guy that they will admit is a starter right now. And then also Every time we're going to practice in the media viewing period, he does something almost, almost every time. And so at one point, are we going to admit, I I mean, like, I feel like all three of us are admitting it, but at one point are people going to be comfortable with Hudson Clark is a good cornerback for Arkansas. He's gotten better and he's no longer that former walk-on guy. I mean, you saw just last year, Hayden Henry, Grant Morgan, two former walk-ons who were not great when they started their career. And then they ended up being really, really good players for Arkansas at linebacker. So why can Hudson Clark not do the same? Well, think about this too. Like uh, a lot of people have had a lot of faith in uh, Dwight McLaughlin, the the LSU transfer, and we haven't seen him, you know, higher than third team in the, in the little sample size granted that we've, we've been able to see. We haven't seen him be higher than third team. Um, What's the other guy's name? Latavius Brainy from Georgia. You know, he's another incoming SEC transfer he's not playing higher than second team like if if he's beating out these dudes that you know were playing for really good teams before they came to Arkansas I feel like that's not insignificant yeah McLaughlin's a weird thing Brini he's a he's going to be either a safety or nickel so he he'll probably he can probably be a different situation but McLaughlin is someone that I think we've talked about on the podcast but it's it's weird that he's still on the third team. We thought that at, at first it was kind of like a they're trying to, you know, prove a point to him, get him to want it more. And it's like he's on the third team every day now during fastball. And but they continue to say in the press conference, Sam Pittman said after Saturday's scrimmage that McLaughlin is still competing for a starting corner spot. So I don't know that that is a head scratcher. But as far as Hudson Clark goes, like I know that it's fall camp and you got to take everything that you hear out of fall camp with a grain of salt. And we have to see it on the field from him. And so I'm not going to sit here and say Hudson Clark's going to be an all-SEC corner. He's going to be locked down. He's not going to get burned. Like, all of that is to be determined. All I'm saying is that based on the sample size that we have, which is fall camp, he's been doing well. And he's the only cornerback on Arkansas that the coaches are – the coaches in, in particular, Sam Pittman, 
are okay with saying this guy's a first teamer. And he's not okay with saying that about anybody else. So, I mean, at, at the very least, right now, he's probably the best corner on the team. So that says something. Do, do you think that um, a, a good NFL comp to uh, to Hudson Clark is Trayvon Diggs? Because, like, like just on what we've seen in the past, right? Because, like, he's made the plays. We've seen him make the plays. Everybody talked about how many picks Trayvon Diggs had last year. But you also saw how many times he could get burned, right? I think I feel like I've had this conversation with somebody else and I brought up Trayvon Diggs and we're not saying that like Hudson Clark is a a cornerback who can have like what 10 interceptions in a season in the NFL but yeah I think I think that he is a, a playmaker he's somebody that you have to be watching for but also he I mean he's able to make mistakes you know like mistakes will be made at some point I mean Hudson Clark is not going to you know, get a pass breakup every single time the ball is thrown towards him. That's just really not physically possible. I think this conversation is more of like, are we okay with admitting that he's probably much better at football this year than he was last year? And I think the answer to that is yes. Okay. Um, good talk, guys. Good talk. Okay. Robert, you mentioned Warren Thompson. Um, we talked with him on Tuesday. Soft-spoken and- Warren Thompson. He's very soft-spoken. A lot of the guys have said that he's like a, a quiet leader, lead-by-example type guy. Um, but he said that when the receiver group heard all the talk about them being a very weak position group going into fall camp, that they took that personally. And uh, I think we're starting to see that. Alex? Yeah, I, I think that's a completely warranted – you know, that was a completely warranted question mark going into the season and into fall camp, and now – you're seeing guys step up. You know, one of those guys, Isaiah Satania, Matt Landers, they weren't even on campus in the spring. So coming out of spring ball, when you're having those those kind of mistakes from guys who don't have the experience on the field, and as good as Warren Thompson is looking in this fall camp, last season he did have flashes where he wasn't – he didn't look like a viable option at receiver. Despite how open he was, despite how, how freely he could run when he had the ball, there were drop problems with him and you saw it time and time again. So the fact that that's being uh, kind of reversed and fixed, and you're also seeing, you know, whether it's a freshman or, or a graduate, like a super senior, you're seeing guys come out and, and really fight for a spot and play and develop. And I think that's only really, you know, better for the team because you're seeing guys, it helps out the corners. It helps out the receivers. It helps out, everywhere on the team because you're seeing that that level of competition that maybe wasn't there in the spring and it it was it was literally the verbal meme of Michael Jordan I took that personally and that's what you want from your team like you want them to take things personally I think a big thing with KJ Jefferson is is he taking all this hate that he's and it's not really hate but maybe disrespect maybe like he he should be on a list and he's not is he taking all of that and turning it into like fuel to his fire for this season we, we heard from Warren Thompson the wide receivers are doing that. And Sam Pittman has said that, like, he did not expect his wide receivers to be where they are. And so good for them for taking that and proving that, hey, you can say all this stuff about us, but we're actually pretty good. And now, I mean, like, what – aside from maybe offensive line and starting quarterback, like, what other position group on this football team are you as confident in going into the season? I mean – now that I think about it, like safety's really good, linebacker's really good, running back you're confident in. But it's like that's that's a good thing is that you don't know which position group is the strongest because there's so many good ones. And 
I don't know. The the thing that I keep falling back on is like this is fall camp. I mentioned it earlier. You got to take it with a grain of salt. Like everybody's going to look really good when they're going up against the same guys over and over and over again. So this is why we need Cincinnati. Ten days away, we need Cincinnati to come into Fayetteville, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that next week. We're gonna do we're gonna do plenty of preview stuff for Cincinnati, especially over at Hogbeat.com. Go check it out. Go check out all the stuff we got. Uh, Alex, you have your hog board for the running backs coming out today. That'll be fun to go check out. Um, for the rest of this podcast, though, I want to talk about trap games for Arkansas this season. Games that, um, you know, Arkansas is going to go into. Maybe they get caught lacking a little bit. And so, Alex, I'll let you start because, Robert, I don't know if you have an idea of what you're going to do yet. I do, but go ahead, Alex. Okay. Yeah, so this is one that, you know, has kind of been penciled in as a win. We're hearing constantly, oh, Arkansas is going to have Alabama coming to town as 5-0 and if they can just beat Cincinnati and Texas A&M. Um, one game that's really being overlooked there is from a, a team that won a bowl game last year in South Carolina. Uh, First-year head coach Shane Beamer took them to a 7-6 and season, really played a lot of teams close. They were o- almost able to come away with a win against a 10-win Kentucky team. And then they did beat Florida, which is an upset, barely lost to Missouri, uh, and stole a win against a team like Auburn, too. So a really, really talented team, and it only got better. Um, I-, I think it's a well-coached, you know, now with Shane Beamer there, you're, you're moving kind of away from the Will Muschamp days. You've got a team that's well coached, that's motivated, uh, and you've got someone in the West that's really, or in the East, excuse me, that's really looking to compete for a spot that might be more wide open than people want to think about. This is a game that if Arkansas doesn't lock in for, really could uh, be trouble for the Razorbacks. I hear they've got a brand new, really good quarterback, too. Um, First overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I will go with. Maybe a – I don't know if it's more obvious or not, but I just have a bad feeling about Auburn. Like, I can't remember the last time the Hawks beat them. Um, it feels like last year in Fayetteville, even though that was one of their biggest losses of the season, it probably should have been a win. Um, obviously, the year before that on the Plains, that was one of the toughest loss, losses I've ever watched Arkansas suffer with the uh, backwards spike. Um, I don't know. It just – it. It, this this is based on vibes alone. It just feels bad. Yeah, that's that Auburn game is one that I keep looking at, and I'm like, well, Auburn, they're not going to be the same Auburn as far as talent goes. Their their head coach, I I just don't. I, I feel like Brian Harson does not know what he's doing. Like I just get like when I listen to him talk at SEC media days, all I could think was like, this guy gives me some major Chad Morris vibes. And 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 how much like. How much PR did he have to do to to fix whatever he had going on? Like, I feel like he had to he had to direct a lot of his energy there and not recruiting and whatever he needed to do over the offseason. Probably so. Um, speaking of Chad Morris, last night I decided to just like go down a rabbit hole of watching his old press conferences. So um that dude was an idiot. <laughs> he had no like I listened to him talk and I was like, this guy doesn't know anything about football. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. Anyways, my trap game for this season is the Mississippi State game. And I look at this one. It's the week after Arkansas plays Alabama in Fayetteville. Then they have to travel to Starkville to play a Mississippi State team that's a veteran team. 
They returned one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC and Will Rogers. They added some transfers on the defensive side of the ball. And listen to Arkansas' schedule before that game. Cincinnati, South Carolina, Missouri State, uh, Texas A&M, and Alabama. That is that is a tough schedule. That's, uh, what, three SEC teams, uh, two top ten teams, and a Cincinnati team who made it to the playoff last year, and a South Carolina team that Alex just declared as his trap game. Um, and then, of course, Missouri State, who's a pretty good FCS team coached by Bobby Petrino. So you know that that game's going to mean a little bit more to him. Um, but listen to Miss, uh, Mississippi State's schedule leading up to the Arkansas game. Memphis, Arizona, LSU, Bowling Green, Texas A&M. That's their schedule. That Tough is a cakes in comparison. Yes, and you you think well maybe LSU. LSU is going to be in that's week three in the Brian Kelly regime. Like they're probably not going to have it figured out. They might not even know their starting quarterback by that point. And so and then Bowling Green, Arizona, Memphis. Like the only ranked team for them is Texas A&M, and who might be coming off of a loss to Arkansas going into that game because that's week five. So, um, I think that that game is going to be one that Mississippi State might catch Arkansas off guard. Arkansas is going to be coming off of the Alabama game. I feel like every year in the SEC you talk about the week after a team plays Alabama, they're going to be beat up, and whoever gets them is you know getting a favorable matchup. And that's just the way I look at it. Um, I And we're not saying that Arkansas is going to lose this game. We're just saying, like, maybe watch out for it. And so that's my trap game. Um, thoughts, guys? Do you think that that's a that's a good trap game? I like the reasoning for sure. Okay, Alex. Yeah, I think I mean anytime you're looking at an air raid offense, it could really spell danger, especially for a team that's struggling to find a, a cornerback too. Um, and then both the games the last couple of years have been close, though Arkansas was able to come away with wins. Neither one you really felt great about the through the entirety of the game, and I think even entering this year, as good as Arkansas is supposed to be, and uh, it's just never going to feel safe, especially going back on the road for that one this year. I, th- I think about that uh, post-game interview from when Mississippi State missed the kick at the end of the game last year, and Sam Pittman had a good laugh about it, but he came down from it and said, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it was close. And then yeah, on, the, on the other side, Mike Leach offering open tryouts for kickers on their campus. I was going to say I entered the portal, but uh, yeah. I didn't quite pick up that starting spot. Yeah, that that was a uh, that was one of my favorite moments of the season was when Mike Leach did that. Mike Leach, funny guy. Um, okay, so ten days we're ten days out, guys, to Arkansas versus Cincinnati in Fayetteville. So excited! We've been talking about Week Zero, some of these matchups, and uh, excited to watch some football this Saturday. Um, some actual college football, regular season college football, not some preseason stuff. And so you get that, you get a little taste, and then next week, Arkansas-Cincinnati, 10 days, next Saturday, and we have you covered with all of the Arkansas football coverage that you need over at hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. We'll talk to everybody on Thursday, which is tomorrow, which is also Arkansas's first day of Cincinnati prep. So we'll talk to you then, and we'll tell you what we saw at practice today, tomorrow. Thank you.